Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. The wise man taught us last week that wise people... There we go, there we go, thank you. That wise people seek Jesus. Let's say that together, you ready? Come on. Wise people seek Jesus. That's right, that's what wise people do. You always remember that in every situation in your life, if you want to be wise, you seek Jesus. And you will have the wisdom of God. The favor of God we just talked about comes from seeking Jesus. Amen, everybody? Man, I, I'm, I'm excited because this Christmas, God is doing something. You know, I want to ask you a question. How many of you believe that God still does miracles? Let me see your hands. Amen, everybody. Amen. He still does miracles. I believe that. About two and a half years ago, we experienced one in our church. There's a little boy by the name of Austin Williams who all of a sudden just began to get ill. His parents started knowing. His mother had that little intuition that something's not right. And so she just, she and her husband decided that they would just stay, stay with him. And, and she said, you know, we was up and we just was checking on him. And said, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And all of a sudden, he stopped breathing. 18 months old. He said, my husband grabbed him, put him on the floor. At 18 months old, started doing CPR. I called 911. The ambulance come and got him. And, and they took him to the hospital. And he was without a heartbeat for 20 minutes. And once they got him to the hospital, you can see these pictures. They got him in the hospital and put all the wires on him. And, and they come and gave the parents the news that your son's heart has not beaten for 20 minutes. Oxygen has not gone to his brain. And so we just want to prepare you that he is going to have some great challenges if he makes it. He probably won't be able to walk. He'll probably have a... Uh, an issue with comprehending and, 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 and even talking. His mental faculties will not work. We want to prepare you for this. But we're people that believe in God still does miracles. Amen, everybody? Amen. And we prayed. And many of you prayed. And I want to show you a picture of this boy today. He's four years old. And look at him. Just look at him. He didn't have anything. Matter of fact, he's achieving more than they ever thought a four-year-old should be achieving at this season in his life. He's got a, he's got a brother that he runs and plays with all the time, and, and his mental faculties are sharp. He has no, nothing wrong with him. But why? Because God intervened. His heart didn't beat for 20 minutes, but when what they said he was dead and his heart was dead, God said he'll be alive. Amen? I believe in miracles. He's alive today, and he's well, and, he's, and he's, he's functioning. He's above average. He's not below average because of God. And that's what today I want to stir in you, because the Christmas story begins with the angel declaring to Mary. 
When Mary, when, when the angel come and told Mary, Mary, you're going to have a child. She's about 15 years of age, and you're going to have a child, and you've not been with anybody or anything, but you're going to have a child. Mary begins to say, how can this be? And the angel says this in Luke 1 and 37. Nothing is impossible with God. Amen, everybody? So today, I want to, the lesson that we're going to learn from the angel today in the Christmas story is that. Would you say this with me? It's coming on the screen. Let's say it. You ready? Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I need you to say it with a little attitude because you're going to have to get an attitude with the devil sometimes. Amen? When you're looking at your marriage, it looks like it ain't going to work. When you're looking at, at this situation at school and it looks like you don't know how you're going to get through the eighth grade. When you're looking at this situation, you know, with your finances, you got to look, you got to look the devil in the eye and you got to declare this statement. Let's declare it. You ready, everybody? Nothing is impossible with God. That's what I'm talking about right there. I'm, I'm, and, and that word nothing covers everything. Amen. He didn't say nothing but Jeff's situation. He didn't say nothing but your situation. No, he said nothing is impossible with God. And so we, today I want to talk to you about a Christmas miracle, how to receive a Christmas miracle. I want to give you three things today. We're going to go into the Christmas story, and we're going to look at Mary and Joseph today. And we're, and we're going to see these as real people. These are not, you know, the disclaimer that they'll do before some television show that these are real people. Judge Judy, this is real people. Real people. The first thing I want to share with you is this, is that if we're going to receive a miracle from God, we must believe God for the miracle and trust him. And I want you to write this in capital letters. Trust him with the how. Capital letters, how. Because when, when I see something that needs, I see a miracle that needs to happen, I can tell God how he needs to do it. How about you? But it's amazing. God never takes my how. He always takes his. And he never does it in my time. As my dad always taught me, he said, son, our God is an on-time God. He's never late and he's never early. Look at the story with me. Luke 1 and 34 and 35, it says, the angel, now let me just give you a little background. The, the angel has come and told Mary, you're going to have a child, all of these things. He's going to be the son of God. But look what she says. The first question that she asks is what we ask. She says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel. Every time that we need a miracle, something that's impossible in our life, I think we ask that question immediately because we can't see it. She says, since I am a virgin, now let me stop right here and be honest with you. Mary said, nobody has touched this. She was, I mean, she was honest with him. I hear what you're saying, I'm going to have a baby. I may be 15 years old, but I want you to know, no, no, no. Jo Joseph has not got it close. Mm -mm. See, I'm talking about real people, folks. All right. You can't handle that. That's all right. <laughs> See, you got your little Mary and Joseph, your little sweet Mary. Oh, little Mary. She would never have that thought. No, that's exactly what she thought. She said it. All right. Okay. The angel answered, here's how it's going to happen. Would you read, what's, read this with me, these three words? 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called who, everybody? The Son of God. The Holy Spirit. As soon as the, as soon as the angel said, Mary... A miracle is going to happen. God's going to do something supernatural in you. The first thing she said, she says, this can't happen. It's impossible. Because I'm a virgin, nobody's been. This cannot happen. It's amazing that when we need a miracle and somebody comes along and says, I believe God's going to give you a miracle. It's amazing how our mind automatically says, this can't happen. Amen, everybody? Just because you can't see it, just because you can't figure it out, just because you don't understand it, what I want you to know is that you are not God and neither am I. And how is this going to happen? The Holy Spirit. I had a young lady come to me uh, Wednesday night after service, and our first Wednesday service, and she said, she was a young teenager, and and uh, she says, Pastor, she says, you know, my friends are talking about God and, you know, believing in God. And how can we believe in something we cannot see and somebody we can't see? I said, hold your hand out. Would you do this with me? Would you just hold your hand in front of your face? I'm going to show you what I showed her. Everybody, please, hold your hand out here. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to, to blow on your hand. If you did not brush your teeth, you don't do this. All right, I'm looking for who put their hand down. <laughs> Come on, everybody. And if you don't have your hand in front of your face, I'm going to think it's you. Ready? On the count of three, I want you to blow on your hand. One, two, three. You feel that wind on your hand? Did you feel it? But did you see it? You didn't see it, but you felt it. So you, we, gotta say, we, got, we can't say it's not real, right, because we felt it. But we didn't see it. So it can't be real, right? Now, is it real or not? Why is it real? You felt it, right? You believe, you believe what you did not see. Amen, everybody. You just, you, you believe what you didn't see. And that's the way the Holy Spirit is, everybody, is that you never see him. You only see and feel the results of him. Amen, everybody. How, 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 how am I going? Mary said, how am I going to get pregnant? And the angel said, the Holy Spirit's going to show up. Something you're not going to see and you may not even feel, but within a few months, that thing's going to grow. And you're going to know it was the Holy Spirit. Amen, everybody? It's the Holy Spirit does what we, and the Holy Spirit's already got it figured out. Your job and my job is to believe the Holy Spirit shows up. I want to share something with you today. About 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, we had a missionary come to our church, and you have met Jonathan, uh, our missionary from Pakistan. Well, I met his father years ago. He's dead now, but he came to America, and I met him. And he and Jonathan were coming, and they were going to come to our church on a Sunday, and we were going to have them like we do here, and we're going to have them to share about Pakistan, the mission there. And our church could not afford to put them in a hotel back then. And so Rhonda and I invited them into our home, 
And we had two small kids, and so we had a small home, and we, we invited them in to our home. And, and I'm thinking, you know, because I remember very specifically that that week they come, Rhonda and I were getting ready to go on a, a vacation, which would have been a camping trip, okay? That was our vacation back then because we didn't have a lot of money. And we were preparing to go on a camping trip the following Monday after they would leave with her parents. And I remember them coming in, and, and they stayed with us about three days, and, and they like, uh, you know, uh, we love your American food, but we really want some of our food. And so I took them down to back then we had to go to Jimmy Carter Boulevard to the markets. And they went there and they bought some stuff. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know. I think it needed to be shot again. I don't know. <laughs> they brought that stuff home and they put it in Rhonda's pots and pans and they began to cook it. And there was a funk in our house. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say that. I'm sure it was wonderful smelling to them, but in our culture, it smelled bad. <laughs> and they've cooked in our house, and they eat, you know, and we were, we were glad, but I'm like, man, I'm telling you, it took us four weeks after they left to get that out. <laughs> and I was thinking as we were getting ready for that offering that would come on Sunday that we've hosted them in our house, and, and that, you know, we're going to give a great offering. And Rhonda and I, we, and I said, okay, we're going to give $50. That's what we're going to give. Now, let me tell you something. That was a lot of money back then. And so, again, so Friday comes, and Sarah and I'm praying about, you know, okay, God, thank you that we got these missionaries. God, thank you for them. And God, we're going to give them this offering. But the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about giving more. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. The only money I got is $500 that's saved up for our camping trip, Holy Spirit, that we're going to be going to. And I know you're not asking for that. So, uh, <laughs> We give him $50. <laughs> and so Saturday come on a little longer, you know, and I was like, I just kept feeling it stronger. So I said, I know what I'll do. I'll go find Rhonda. And I'll say, Rhonda. And I went and found her. I said, Rhonda, I want you to know, I just feel like God is telling me that we need to give $500 instead of $50. And, you know, if we give this money, Rhonda, we're not going to get to go on a camping trip with your parents. And we'll have to call them tonight and tell them that we can't go. And so, Rhonda, you know, we can't go if we give this money. What do you think we should do? I knew I could count on that no. <laughs> but she disappointed me. <laughs> she said, you know what she said? She said, well, Jeff, if you feel like that's what God said to you, we better do that. I was like, what? What did you just say? And I was saying, no! Sunday morning. <laughs> I got some help, amen. And so that Sunday morning come around, and, and I wrote the check and put it in the offering bucket. And I want to tell you something. I gave it begrudgingly. I didn't give it with a joyful attitude because I said, well, here you go, God. I guess we'll be sitting at home next week. <laughs> I, I did. I, wish, I know it. I should be more spiritual than that. I'm, I, I should be, but I wasn't. I'm telling you the truth. And so we gave, and then after church that Sunday, I remember going home and being, just going in that, my, uh, my little office I had at home then, and, and I, just being, I was mad. I said, God, I can't believe you asked me to give that. Tonight, when I get home for church, we had church on Sunday night. When I get home tonight, I got to call Rhonda's parents and tell them we can't go because their son-in-law is broke. He can't afford to go, and I got to tell them that. 
How could you? And I mean, I'm mad. I'm like, God, how could you do that? How could you ask me for that? And so Sunday night come, neither say, that was a short sermon that night because I was ticked at God. <laughs> I was. I don't even know what it was, but it was short. And it was, you know. And then right after that, uh, a man said, hey, Jeff, can I see you a minute? And I was like, okay, yeah. You know, marriage is probably going to be breaking up, you know, and, and, or somebody's dying or sick or something. You know, I got to go pray for you now. I don't even want to talk to you. I want to talk to God. I, I'm, this is too, I'm, I shouldn't tell you this. So I go over there and I go, what do you want? No, I mean, I'm mad. I'm just mad. And this man who's a, a burly kind of guy, burly, big burly kind of guy, all of a sudden he goes, I'm like, what is wrong with you? I have never seen this man. He teared up. Jeff, I said, yes, sir. He said, this week, God laid you on my heart. Well, I said, I'm sure glad for that. Said, right now, we in good shape. He reaches in his pocket, and he pulls out a check. He said, this week, God told me I'm supposed to give this to you. And he handed me a check for $500. Now, the reason I tell you that is because while the Holy Spirit was working on me to get me to grow in my faith, he was already working on the answer that he was going to provide that I could go on that camping trip. It was the Holy Spirit that was working all over that situation. Amen, everybody? And I don't know, I don't know who you trust, but I, I trust the Holy Spirit is working right now in things in my life that I don't understand, that I can't see. I don't know, but I know that he's working, that he's working, that he's working, and that he's working, and that he's working. Amen? Don't you ever give up on God. It may look like it's impossible. It can't happen. But God gave us a Christmas story to say that what's impossible for you, it's possible with God. Amen. Don't you give up on God. Don't you give up on God. Because nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Let's say it together. Come on. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is. Oh, I just got, I got to hurry up. That's what I got to do. Number two. Number two. The second thing is this, is release my feelings of unmet expectations. Woo. We go to Joseph now. Oh, my goodness. Look what it says. This is how Joseph, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of what, everybody? Of who? The Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Yes, he did, and so would you. Whoa, 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 stop right here. These are real people. These are real cases. If you are engaged to someone and you know you hadn't, come on, somebody, and all of a sudden they say, I got a baby, what are you going to say? 
you're going to say, get out of here. And they say, well, now before you get mad, I want you to know this is God's baby. Yeah, right. You just better take, you just better take yourself back to, your, to, to God because I, I ain't having none of that. I done waited and waited and waited. And I wanted to be with you, don't. I wanted to. But I said, no, I'm going to wait till our wedding night. And now you telling me you got a baby? No, we got a problem. And that's exactly what Joseph said, everybody. I know you got your little picture. Oh, little Joseph, come stand right over here, little Joseph. No, Joseph ticked off. Here we go. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by who, everybody? And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took Mary as his, as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until the son, his son was born. Now, talking about some unmet expectations. Joseph expected Mary to be pure, not pregnant. Joseph expected his wife to give herself to him on their wedding night and not to have to wait another nine months. Jo Joseph, Joseph began, he expected, he expected Mary to share all the reason that they could enjoy their marriage together and not for all the reasons that they could break up their marriage. Needless to say, he had some unmet expectations. What I want to tell you is that Joseph had to make a choice on the first Christmas. Eve, 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 Eve. He had to make a decision that Christmas would not be about what he would give or what he would get, but it would be about what he would release. Because at this moment, Joseph is, Joseph is discouraged with Mary and he's discouraged with God. And some of you sitting in this room right now, it's not just people that you're jacked up with. It's God that you're a little aggravated with. Amen, Amen everybody. Come on. Amen. Because you didn't think it would be like this. You, you saw another scenario in your life. And now all of a sudden it, it's something totally different. And what I want to tell you is that we need to learn to, to release those expectations, those unmet expectations. Why? Because if you keep holding on to those Old feelings, you're never going to get the new ones. Amen. Now, see, some of you, some, watch it. Here we go. Watch this. Some of you, Christmas is coming. And see, you're so into right now trying to make sure that Christmas for your family is just like the feeling that you had when you was a little girl, a little boy. And because you're so caught up in trying to make sure that Christmas is like it was when you were the little girl or little boy, or when your children were smaller, that it still feels the same way. You're still trying to hold on to those old feelings, and you're jacking everybody else's Christmas up because you're making them miserable because you're trying to hold on to an old feeling, and you can never embrace a new feeling until you let go of the old. Even if it was a good feeling, if you keep trying to duplicate the same good feelings that you had years ago, you're never going to learn what the new feeling's all about right now. 
See, it's called growth, everybody. It's okay, so you don't have to have a perfect Christmas. You don't have to feel the same way like when you got up and you little girl, boy, little girl, like on Christmas morning, go, oh, because you'll be disappointed because you're not a little girl, little boy anymore. Amen. Look in the mirror. <laughs> you grew up. So some of you wake up every Christmas disappointed because you're trying to hold on to an old feeling. And we must release some of the old good feelings and we must release some of the old bad feelings. As long as you're holding on to the bad feelings, you're never going to be able to embrace the good feelings that God has for you because of unmet expectations. So today, I ask you a question. What do you need to let go of today? Because you will never have the Merry Christmas. You will, it will never be exciting to you anymore because you're still holding on to the old. Why don't you do like what Joseph did is you choose to release those don't worry about giving or getting. Just worry about releasing and allowing God to do something new inside of you and new inside of your family and change you. Amen? Amen. Do something new. Something new. So I have a next step for you. It says this, I will do my best to release my feelings of unmet expectations. Would you check that box? Says we want to pray over you. Let me just say this too. If you're not a Christ follower today, you need him. I want to stop right now. I want to challenge you to engage the Holy Spirit. I want you to invite what you cannot see into your life and watch him change your life. Those of you that are watching online as well. So right now, would you just bow your heads with me, everybody in this room and those that are watching? And today, if that's you, if you say, God, I really want to, I, I want Jesus in my life. I want your Holy Spirit working in my life. Would you pray this prayer after me in your mind, not even out loud? Dear Heavenly Father, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to do your will. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer today? If that's you, would you check the box that you prayed the prayer uh, to become a Christ follower so I can send you something in the mail to help you on your journey? 422 people this year have already done that on this campus. Can we say praise God? So what are we saying, everybody? Remember what we're saying? For nothing is impossible with God. Let's say it. You ready? Nothing is impossible with God. What are we saying? Nothing is impossible with God. Number three is this. Trust God's plan in times of stress. Oh, boy. Let's just go right into it. Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Rome world. This was the first census to take place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the what, everybody? There's no room in the inn. 
I want to tell you something. Today, I'm sitting here, or standing here, and I have something right here. You know what I'm holding in my hand? This is a diploma from, from, diploma from Clayton State University, a four-year degree, and it's not mine tec- technically. <laughs> it's my daughter's. I'm holding it because I paid for it. The reason I share that with you, my daughter, Caitlin, went to school four and a half years. She graduated with her bachelor's degree. And what I want to tell you is that Caitlin's like her dad. She has ADD. It's hard to concentrate. And I remember her going through school and she would come home crying college and she was like, you know, I just can't get it because like us, when you have ADD, you're the last one to finish. You know, it just comes harder to you. And we watched her struggle through that, those four years, but she never quit. She felt like quitting many times, but she never quit. And what we discovered was this, is that Kaylin went, she went through the university of adversity in order to take her to the level in music that she wants to be. Now she can go anywhere and teach music. She can do, she's just very schooled and skilled in music. It was through the university of adversity that took her up. Amen, everybody? What I want you to know is that sometimes you have to go through the university of adversity before God can get you to where he wants you to be. Amen, everybody? You, God, you've got to go through something so you will know something. You don't know nothing until you've been through something. Amen, everybody? And so now we go into the Christmas story, and here's Joseph's stress. That was stressful for Caitlin. And what you're going through is stressful. But listen, I don't think what you're going through is as stressful what Joseph went through. Here he is. He's got a wife that he's got to take 50 miles on the back of a donkey. 50 miles riding on the back of a donkey, nine months pregnant. Now, that is stress. It's stress for Mary, right? I mean, here she is. Everything, ladies, you know this had children. You know how things are difficult when you get to that ninth month. You're like, get this thing out of me. Right? I remember Rhonda saying, get it out. Get this animal out. <laughs> Can't take no more. And Mary, there she is, nine months. And Joseph has to go. Why didn't he leave her? Because remember, Mary is pregnant at 15 years of age, and every, the word's gotten out, and nobody wants her in their house. So she's got to go. And Joseph does all he can to make it as comfortable as he can. He puts her on the back of a donkey, and it's a several days journey, 50 miles. And they start off, and everything starts off pretty cool. They're going across the little mountains, the valleys of donkeys, stumbling a little bit, and they camp out. They get back up the next day. They do it again. But the closer they get to Bethlehem, all the, something begins to happen. You know it, ladies. If, you, if you've had a child, all of a sudden, she starts feeling a sharp pain. And she begins to say, oh. And Joseph looks up and says, what's wrong, Mary? What's wrong? She says, I don't know, Joseph. She has no parents around to tell her what's happening. She doesn't know. But she said, I I just felt something. But it's okay, Joseph. You just keep going. And Joseph's leading the donkey as he's leading. And all of a sudden, Mary screams again, oh. 
He said, what is it, Mary? She said, I don't know, but, but it's hurting, Joseph. That's all I know. It's hurting. And Joseph's freaking out. He's stressed out. He's got a nine-month pregnant wife, and he's on the back of a donkey out in the middle of nowhere. And so Joseph begins to speed up the donkey. He's trying to hurry up, get there. And he, he's trying to go faster, but yet not disturb her. And she starts more. The contractions begin to come. And they begin to come. She begins, oh, oh. And now they're getting more nervous every 10 minutes. Or, and she's screaming, oh. And Joseph's hurrying up. And Joseph is saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do? How could you do this to me, God? How could you do this to me? I didn't want this. I didn't ask for this. How could you do this? Now, you say that she's got the Son of God in her, and now I don't know what to do. I'm out of the middle of nowhere. He's leading the baby, and Mary's screaming. Now the contractions are getting closer every five minutes. She's going, oh, oh, what am I going to do? And Joseph said, Mary, I'm trying, I'm trying. And they run into Bethlehem. There, Joseph said, Mary, just stay right there. He runs into the hotel, the inn, and says, I need a room. My wife is having a baby. And they say, sir, I'm sorry. We don't have any availability, no vacancy. And Joseph said, no, no, no. Somebody, somebody help me. No, I've got to have a room. And nobody so Joseph goes back out, and as he goes back out, he goes, Mary's beside the donkey now, and she's on her knees. She's hurting so bad. And she's saying, Joseph, I don't know. I'm dying. I'm dying. It's hurting so bad. I'm dying. And Joseph says, grabs Mary by the hand. He said, come on, let's just go take the donkey and, into, the, into the stable. And they go into the stable, and there she just can't move again. She screamed, oh! And Joseph, in the middle of a stinking stable, lays his wife down on, on the stinky hay with the animals right around. It smelled like urine and feces. It stinks. And Joseph has to lay his wife down there. And he screams, somebody help me! God, where are you? Mary screams again, the baby! Someone rushes in. And as Mary screams again, Jesus is born. And Joseph is freaking out because here it is in a stinking stable. God, where are you? Why, 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 why? Why would you do this to me? Why would you do it to Mary? Why? And then they deliver the baby. And the only place they have to put the child is in a feeding trough. It's a feeding trough. Animals are just eating out of this. They've drooled all over this. It's only a feeding trough. That's all they have. And they lay the baby in the manger. But as Joseph stands back in all of his stress and disappointment, he takes a breath back. And there in that feeding trough, that manger, he realizes this is the Savior of the world. 
God's son, the Savior. What's in the manger is going to save me. What's in the manger is going to save Mary. What's in the manger is going to save, that's going to save the wise men. It's going to save the shepherds. It's going to save the king. It's going to save people. The Savior is in the manger. This morning, I want you to know something. This morning, I brought my gift with me. Because what's in here? that I'm going to place in the manger is going to go deliver those women that are in sex trafficking. Right, They're in it today, but because of the dollars that I give today, next week somebody will be free. Those that are hungry, those that are hungry that don't have food today, next week they will have food. Those women that are being abused, they will have a place to go. And those kids in Ukraine that don't have any, that have been bombed out of their homes and their mom and dad dead, they will have a place to go and something to eat because of what my dollars go do that I place in this manger. See, the Savior was in the manger. And today, your dollars that are going to be placed in a manger are going to save those that are out there. Your dollars are going to go where you can't go, and they're going to do what you can't do. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net, and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.